0: Your goal is to create happy customers who mm-hmm. then create other happy customers. God, congratulations. Here's what I'm doing. The best of the best have won selling, going, going, gone. So congratulations. Let's have a look at the facts. What's your goal for the next six months? Let's go through it. Number one, number one. The number one clear factor of picking up a fake is that very early, very early in the conversation, what will happen is the person will move the topic to something that is about them and elevates them, either financially, makes them, you know, they want to talk about how much money they've got, or resources. Number two is they'll try and show that they've got an incredible social life, and they'll elevate their social status. Or number three, they look at, you know, elevating what they do in business or their professional career. So um, what you'll notice is that there'll be this conversation and they'll move it towards them. The second sign of a fake is that they'll name drop a lot. They'll say names of people you know that are famous or they'll drop restaurant names, they'll drop holiday, holiday destination names. They're always dropping because they're always associating themselves that they've got this incredible lifestyle. So they're not talking to you about 99% of their lifestyle, which is pretty mundane and you know routine oriented, and a lot of times it's pretty fucked up. What they're talking to you is a little bit about things that are gonna make elevate their status. Number three, number three. Um, hey, Danny, Danny's checking in from Wellington. And Danny's, Danny's the sort of guy, and I don't want him to do it right here, but he's been able to show me so many fakes, particularly in the real estate industry on social media. And how do you pick a fake on social media? I've got to tell you, they can buy a lot of likes. For instance, on Instagram, right? You go in and you buy fake likes. So they put a post up, and within about 30 seconds, there's 700 likes there's hardly any engagement in any of their posts. Um, And um, you sometimes see the same in Facebook. Like in Facebook, what they'll do is that they'll have a post there and they'll just spend a fortune getting views, having this fake currency of views, but actually having very little impact because no one has actually looked past the first three seconds, no one's engaged, no one has shared it, no one likes it, no one comments on it. And you'll just see that in a post. Um, so other, you know, other signs of people that are fakes is that um, um, they'll align themselves. They'll align themselves to a high-profile person. And um, I was recently speaking at a seminar, and just before I was going to go on, the last speaker was um, the speaker on before me was on, and he just had you know a photo of him, um, sort of. I think it was Anthony Robbins or it might have been some high-profile motivation speaker and basically said, oh, well, by the way, here's a photo of this and here's a photo of that, right? So what they do is they try, because they've got this deficit on the inside where they're basically saying, hey, but look, look at me, I can actually do this. And. Um, People can actually smell that weakness, you know? And I think that people are very, very attracted to vulnerability, right? People are far more attracted to actually hearing someone say, probably get up on the stage, hey, I'll be honest with you, I'm just shitting myself being here, talking to you, but let me just tell you five things that have made a profound impact in what I do in my real estate career life. They may work for you, they may not, but this is what I do. I think people would far prefer that than having, you know, someone sort of using... The platform to elevate their status, but you know, the other things that they do is um, 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 they don't listen when you talk. So, you like this happens sometimes you're having a conversation with someone. Like, I was oh, where was it? It was I'd gone to an office opening, right? And there was some person there, they weren't in real estate in another industry. And you know, those when you've got those cocktails coming around and you're sort of bunched up talking to people. And I just get into this conversation with someone and after about 10, 15 seconds, you can tell the person was not listening, right? So I actually just said to him, I said, hey, listen, um, I noticed that when we're talking that you're sort of looking away and focused on something else, so maybe you should just go off and um, do that. And he was sort of fucking stunned that I actually you know, called that out. Um, But it actually, to be honest with you, like, it suited me as well because there are people that I would have rather been talking to. So sometimes you think to yourself, am I going to waste another four minutes here? So, um, yeah, they won't listen to you. They'll be sort of pretending to be listening. But you can tell when someone's listening or not, right? The next thing is, um, uh, they'll only want you... They'll, they'll call you when they need you, and there'll be very little contact at other times. And that to me is a sign of a fake, you know, where, where they just contact you out of the blue. And um, I think, uh, think that something that you should think about, whether you do it yourself, right? I think really good relationships are, are not about when you need someone, but they're this ongoing, you know, conversation that's going on. So um, how do you so how do you deal with fakes? How do you deal with fakes? Well, let's talk about that. Number one, my preferred strategy of dealing with fakes um, is by the way, let me have a quick beer. I had a few beers today, it was Greek Easter, right? So I had a few beers. So uh, Gordon, what I had today, I'm just thinking about it. I had uh, two beers. Yeah, this is my third beer. Anyway, that's beside the point. Hey, Shane, Susan, the sign of a fake, they will only contact you when they need you. Correct. And they're all over you. When things are good, they're all over you. They're just jumping all over you. So, um, gang, uh, how do you deal with them? How do you deal with them? Number one, distance. Great strategy. Distance means that stay away. There are over 8 billion people on the planet now. So, um, you know, you can actually choose on how much time you spend with these people. That's the first thing. The second thing is that sometimes you don't have a choice of distance. For instance, what if your brother-in-law is a fake dickhead that you just don't like? So what happens there is you limit your engagement because distance might not be an issue. Like, for instance, Greek Easter, right? Or, you know, a function you've got to go to, you know, Mother's Day or that. That might not be an option if they're a family member, right? If they're, you know, a relative or people in your inner circle that you can't choose to have distance with. My suggestion is that you limit engagement and you don't participate in it, right? And, um... You can actually use distance within distance. So in other words, if you're out of function, you just make sure that you're actually not sitting to that person um, and you keep your conversations very short. Um, So let's move on to the third strategy on how to deal with a fake. And that is to keep reminding yourself they are lying to themselves, not you, right? Because it can can actually become... um, demoralizing to actually think that this person thinks that they can get away with, you know, lying, being deceptive to you or creating this false faith persona and they believe that you're going to get away with it. So one of the things that you should do is to maybe not think it's about you, but to realize it's about them. And, And the thing that it's about them is that They're lying to themselves, so in many ways you can actually feel sorry for them because you realise that they have to put a lot of work and time and effort to keep this fake image, you know, going. And that's fucking draining. Like, just imagine every day you've got to, you know, keep this fake persona going, right? It's the equivalent of, you know, what, you know, a closet gay would have been like, you know, many years ago where they've got two lives and they've got to must be draining to go to work every day and basically keep it a big secret that you've got this true side to who you really are and then you just sort of get home and say okay i can be myself again and it's a little bit like that with uh with fakes so I'm, i'm hoping as you're listening to this conversation that one of the things you start doing is embracing your uniqueness your unique psychological fingerprint and um, everyone is everyone's got a unique fingerprint if you get caught you know and you get charged they get a you know your fingerprint well I gotta tell you it's the same everyone's got this unique psychological fingerprint and you should embrace it you should double down on it you should be proud of it you should actually find that that is the thing that will make you most attractive to other people I'm going to talk about that in a moment we're going to talk about guys picking up girls and girls picking up guys and the reason I say that is believe it or not it is one of the most important when I have a coaching session with a lot of you know single people one of the things that comes up is they want to meet someone they want to meet someone special so I thought I'd use this forum to actually just give you some of the research on that but anyway let's move on and talk to you about the fourth strategy with you know dealing with a fake and that is calling their bullshit, calling their bullshit, you know? Just, you know, nipping it in the bud straight away. I'm just warning you that if you do that to someone that is an extreme fake, and someone that's bordering on narcissism, they can turn on you because they feel like shit, this person has sussed me out, and they're gonna hate that, and their hate is gonna turn into revenge. but if you're the sort of person that operates a little bit like me these days and I've got this invisible bubble around me where I don't allow, you know, people's poison to actually go too far into that bubble, it, um, you can actually use this strategy, you know, you can. And you can nicely just say to, you know, hey, I just want to let you know that um, I just really feel like you're not being yourself when you talk to me and you're too paranoid about, you know, showing your true colours and, you know, you just sort of fake talk and, mate doesn't work for me. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on to a subject that's going to be useful for um, the single people out there. Getting the girl or the guy you want. Getting the girl or the guy you want. So, um, the first thing I'll say to you is what women want and what men want are two different things, all right? Two different things. So let me explain that. Like, generally speaking, what a guy wants is physical attractiveness, all right? So this physical attractiveness can actually, you know, transcend country to country, right? So you just got a girl that's just got very attractive features and just physically attractive. She's physically attractive in Thailand She's physically attractive in New Zealand. She's physically attractive in Australia. She's, she, it transcends, she's physically attractive. That's what guys want. They're built as having that as their number one driver in um, attractiveness of a female. With females, well, someone asked me, Tom, does age, money, and looks matter? for a female when they're looking at guys, it'd be easy to say, no, it doesn't matter. It does matter, it does matter, it does matter. However, it doesn't matter nowhere near as much as what it does for a guy seeking a girl. Doesn't matter what a girl wants, get ready for it. And this is evidence-based research on a lot of uh, authors that have written books about mating, courting, sexual attractiveness. What a woman wants in a guy is higher social status than them. That's what they're looking for. They want to date someone that has got a higher social status than themselves. That's what they want. And the good news is, if you're a guy that's watching this... There are certain things that you can do, there are certain actions you can take that are gonna sort of take you up the curve and uh, make you far more attractive to females. So, uh, and by the way, when I say social status, sometimes you'll see like an artist, a musician, right? That's got very little money, but what's actually happening is the girl sees potential in high social status. You'll see this in sports. you see the girl dating a football player who hasn't really made it yet, but there are aspirations that this guy is going to be really, really successful later on, and what she's doing is she's backing a horse early on, right? So um, a couple of things that I would say to you that you need to know is um, age, and by the way, I found it very interesting that a guy's um, age um, attractiveness peaks at age 31. And this is what I couldn't even get over the research, that a female at 20 can still find males at age 40, 45 being attractive. However, it doesn't work so much the other way around that a female's attractiveness peaks at age 21. Of course. Testing one, two, three. Okay, guys and girls, let me just tell you, should I just write something? Is it the sound? Changing batteries. We're back. So, a couple of the things that I'd say to you. Um, tips. Let's go through some tips here. I think girls don't want a desperate, needy guy. Right? Very important. Step number two. So, so you're, far, you're far better off. You're far better off being, you know, vulnerable and new than being desperate and needy. The next thing is, you've got to understand, to every guy out there that's watching this, please understand the research says that when a girl meets a guy she takes three positions. She's either going to be receptive and that is she really, really is attracted to that person. The second thing is she might be unreceptive, and that is, you're wasting your time, she's not the one. The third position is the neutral, and that is, over the next two minutes, she may move from being neutral to either unreceptive or receptive. So, what you've gotta do is, it's a little bit like prospecting, You've got to actually have more conversations because you're going to put yourself in the position to be having more interactions with people that are in the neutral position. And the neutral position means that they may move from neutral to receptive. So guys and girls, what I would say to you right now is understand that in some ways the dating game is no different to the prospecting game. However, what you say matters. And those first two or three minutes are super critical. So my advice is that you can't fake it because there'll be people and females have the intuition to work out whether you're faking it or whether there's a genuine confidence in there. So that goes back to what I was talking about, your unique, next unique psychological fingerprint. What you want to do is just be you. Be vulnerable. Like I can tell you, it is far better for a guy watching this video to go over and approach a girl and say, hey, listen, I'll be honest with you. I'm shit scared to come up and chat to you, but I thought if I didn't, it would be one of the biggest mistakes I'd ever have in my life. So there, right? That would be a far better you know, uh, uh, thing to say because it's the truth, if it was the truth. The other thing I would say is, I know this sounds weird, me saying it, but you, what you've got to do is avoid coming across as if you're an investigator, where you just ask question after question after question. Right? That's creepy, right? You don't want to end up sounding like your, you know, yarn event on 60 Minutes. And in fact, I would say it's one of the few times that running assumption statements is better than asking questions, right? And what is an assumption statement? What is an assumption statement? It would be something like this: saying to, let me think of one. Okay, saying to a female instead of saying, oh. Can I ask you, what sort of work do you do? You say something along the lines of this. Hey, I bet you've got a really exciting, creative job. Am I right? And then what happens is she might turn around and say, oh, why do you say that? And then you've got this free-flowing conversation. You see what the response is. So assumption statements are really good. Or something like this. Hey, I bet you do a lot of um, gym and cardio work. Or, hey... I bet you, you spent a lot of time travelling overseas or whatever it is and then wait for the response. The other thing you've got to do is avoid what I call filler words. Filler words are people that are really nervous and they'll say something... I'm going to give you an example. I'll give you an example of one with filler words and one without filler words. So here's an example, one with filler words. I like going to Byron Bay because... Um, It's like a really great place that's got this real, you know, vibe to it, and um, like the beaches are some of the best there, and um, some of the restaurants there, like um, they're second to none, right? So you can see how the like, and um and sort of makes something sound like four minutes, instead of the opposite, which is, hey, I love Byron Bay. It's got the best beaches, it's got an incredible vibe, the restaurants are second to none, and if I had my way, I'd be there every three weeks. Far different tone. So avoiding filler words is important, and um, I think the other thing that I notice is that guys that come across confident They don't say yes to anything. They've got an opinion. They've got a view, right? So they stand for something. They're not sitting there, oh, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right, right? People hate that bullshit, right? Because you're trying to say yes to everything, right? I think what's attractive is that you always say the truth. Say, you think so? I don't think so. I actually don't like Byron Bay. I think Byron Bay, to be honest with you smells a lot, there's a lot of people that are sort of off their faces, in the middle of nowhere, it's not my place I'd far rather be at Noosa right, what I'm getting at is this just be you it's the biggest strength that you've got Um, it would be remiss of me it would be remiss of me um, not to actually touch on you can actually improve your desirability a lot by simple stuff like you know like, I can tell you, presentation, style, grooming, straight away are going to add 30%, 40 50% of points to you. So you just get this kickstart, right? So a lot of the times that means sort of, you know, um, maybe working out a little bit more at the gym, you know, that's going to give you confidence, also going to make you feel better, look better, um, everything. All pluses on that one. And the last thing I'll say to you is understand that um, when you're playing in the game of dating, Um, You've got to accept rejection. But what I notice about people that always have a lot of luck in the world of dating is that they don't personalise rejection. They sometimes realise that they've been knocked back and it's got very little to do with them, but it's got a lot to do with the fact that it was the wrong person. She may have a boyfriend. She may be going overseas tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock and the last thing she wants to do is have a long conversation with someone. So what they do is they understand that there are events that may actually make that person reject you and they don't personalize it. So by the way, guys and girls, if there's someone that you think is a little bit lonely, that needs some tips, share this video. It Might be useful for them, right? So the last topic I was gonna talk to you about and um, I'd love to. I'd love to get our. We, c- come on over. Lo- love to get it. Before we move on to staying positive when things fall apart, what can we wire him up? And get the owner on. All righty. Come over here, Mr. Demuris. <laughs> Mr. Demuris. How Mr. are you? Hello, mate. So listen, mate. We're. Um, we're streaming on he's come on beautiful he's coming on perfect we've got enough people watching we've mate got we've got watching. we've got mate we've got we've got enough people we've got, we've got enough people watching we're going to i i reckon that we by i reckon con by tuesday night this is going to have 20,000 views right so mate and by the way this is no way in any way a paid advertisement like Mate, I didn't even buy the beer from me. I brought it from outside. Correct. Anyway, right? So, 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 Con, I talk about a concept. I say, you make a great pizza, you'll make money. You have a great process, you'll make a fortune. I can't help it. This place here, seven days a week, it's just moving over. People are coming in and going, right? Why do you think that is? Like this place here, guys, honestly, it's non stop. What do you think it is?
1: Well,
0: the food's good. Okay, well, we know the food's good. We've introduced pizzas. We've yeah, never had pizzas before. The food's um, good. Prices are cheap. Prices are very cheap. How um, much for a pizza here? Uh,
1: pizza starts from sixteen fifty. Okay, to,
0: up to nineteen. So, so this is this is why I think it's successful. You've got food. This is the model for success: fast, good, cheap. Fast, good, cheap. Uber. Fast, good, cheap. And I reckon that that's what your model is. Because your prices are really realistic. The service is fast. The food is good. How are you going to fuck up? It's
1: very hard to fuck up, especially when you're by an institution. I mean, this place has been around uh, since the 50s. So 1952. 1952 to be exact. It started next door as a gambling casino. Um, got raided by the police a few times, I've been told. Uh,
0: Italian gambling casino. Italian gambling casino. Card players. Right.
1: Uh, there is a little button there that an old Italian guy showed me. ciao Bella, come and say goodbye to Tom. Come on, you got gotta. Come on over. Oh, she's fixing oh, it here. Yeah, go, go, go. Oh yeah. Um, so, So, what? Tell us before you
0: go. Tell us what's your story. Hang on. What's your story? Virginia the story is the
1: supermodel... No, I'm not super mod- <laughs> med- <laughs> Look this way, look at the kid. I need to go home now. now. What time you start today? I start... 11. 11 o'clock? Yeah, and now it's at 9. Is yes, a busy... Was it
0: busy today? It
1: was it busy? Because
0: I- there is here, the big box. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, what's your name? Virginia. Virginia. How long have you been in Australia?
1: <laughs> two two, three years. Do you like okay. it here? Yes.
0: You like it here? Yes. Do you want to stay in Australia? Yeah.
1: Not forever. Listen. Maybe another Vig- Vig- four, five v- Virginia, years. Virginia, <laughs> I don't want
0: to put you on the spot, but one of the topics we were talking about is what does a girl want in a guy? What are you looking for in a guy? Come on, dude. Yeah. We were can talking you? about it, right? What is, What is it you're after? What, can you hear
1: it? The first, I look the, the eyes. The eyes? Yeah. Okay. Like, and uh, then the toes. Green or blue. And then the hands. Yes.
0: And then the... <laughs> yes okay. No <And>, no <laughs> no no no. And what? But do you like money? Social status? You <laughs> like? What do you want to do? You want to marry? You want to marry a bum?
1: No. No, no you don't. Boyfriend. She's got a boyfriend. A boyfriend. A look Luca. Look. Oh, look
0: Oh, you got a boyfriend? Look. Where is he?
1: Here. he's working. He? Here. He's working.
0: He's, you're going home to see him now. Yes. yes. Okay, you better go home. Okay, then. okay. I'll never your okay. job. Thank you. thank you very much. Okay. Okay. Right. So she's good? Yeah, very good. good
1: One of my yeah. top girls. One of your top girls.
0: have yeah, been here since 11am, so it's what, uh, nine hours? Okay, can I ask you, how many hours you work, you reckon, a week?
1: Very hard to say. Look, it depends on, you know, the, the public holidays, we were very, very busy, so we did plenty like uh, over 60 hours a week. And there's weeks when, now coming up, yeah, we'll do
0: 30 hours, maybe. You do 30 hours only? I'll do 30 hours. Mate, you got the process here of McDonald's. Works away. It's got routine. That's why you do
1: it. Yeah. Look, it's it, it's as I said, it, uh, we've taken Barathea to the next level. I mean, we're not going to talk about Barathea tonight, but it has. Um, we've taken uh, a model that's been here for a, a very very long time, and we fine tuned it. Uh, myself, and my partners have been in the business for many many years, so we know the know how. Uh, introduced pizzas. Introduced uh, my brother-in-law's the gelato maker, best gelato in Sydney. That's a plug.
0: Um, you're a legend
1: thank you very much thank you so much thank Thank you you so much
0: listen I'm going to finish off this rant here now guys and girls I just want to touch on that last topic we'll unhook him that was of course come down to Bar Italia get yourself a coffee get yourself some gelato get yourself a pizza good prices anyway let's move off that you know, this week, I can't get over it, the billionaire from Denmark, owner of Assos, ends up losing three of his four kids. We're on? Three of his four kids. Extraordinary in the Sri Lankan bombings. And um, it made me realize, how do you stay positive? when things totally fall apart. So I thought I'd just write five points that I wanna cover. How do you stay positive when things fall apart? And by the way, when I say things fall apart, this guy, like for some people, they never respond after that. And let me give you some statistics. The divorce rate when you lose one child is heading close to 40%. The divorce rate when you lose two childs means it's unlikely that you'll be staying married. So let alone three, childs, three children. But let's use, a, let's use an example that isn't losing three or four kids. What happens when something shit happens in life, right? Not, not as shit as that. That's hard. That's very hard. And it just goes to show that money doesn't get rid of problems. It might help you arrive at your problems with style, but it doesn't get rid of your problems. And this is what this billionaire from Denmark is going through right now. That what I was going to say to you is here are five things that I do when something really really bad has happened. Bad diagnosis. You know the, the loss of loved one, betrayal, whatever. Financial financial, you know, um, hurdles. Number 1 is ask yourself this question. Out of 10, 10 being really really bad. Worst problem in the world. One being, not a big problem. Where does it scale? Scaling is a very good technique to look at things for what they are, not the way that you've catastrophized them. Strategy number two is ask yourself this question. Will this be a problem? Will this be a problem in three months? Will this be a problem in six months? Will this be a problem in 12 months? So I think sometimes what we do is we magnify and amplify the magnitude of the problem. Strategy number three is something that you can start doing right now before you get the problem and that is to begin to realize, to become resilient, you must learn to accept that life is in fact got suffering you will bury people you love you will have bad stuff that will happen and what happens is when you already factor this in when it does occur it doesn't knock you for a six and you might fall down short term but you'll respond because you knew that it was always going to happen now this does not mean that you're anticipating negative things are going to happen all the time this is saying hey life is in fact suffering and what I need to do is embrace the suffering and realise that there's a silver lining in suffering and that is that you actually become a better person when you endure suffering so for me guys and girls there's a great, the great book by Ryan Halliday which is The Obstacle is the Way it's a very good book but read up any, on any literature, any Buddhists you know Buddhists any spiritual books um, the next thing I'll say is I do I like I tell I can tell you spirituality is one of the go-to places when something shit happens now I don't know what that means for you but um, I would suggest that you get yourself a pit crew of people and you've got a pit crew a spiritual advisor maybe a personal trainer you know, a legal accounting expert. But what you wanna do is have a crew of people that are there as part of your, you know, just like a race car stops, pit stop, that's what you need to have. Uh, the next thing I'll say to you, strategy number four is, and I've used this, this has been my, my go to strategy when I've had something really, really shit happen, is I just get super obsessed with something because the distraction means that I don't catastrophize and dig a deep hole and get into a spiral. I just get super busy. Now, a lot of people are going to say, oh, Tom, but you're not facing the problems. Hey, you do what you've got to do to get through your period. You're the subject, you're the scientist. There's no golden template. But for me, I get obsessed with doing something, and that, for me, it's work. I just sort of begin to double the amount of work that I do. I get immersed in it, and I'm lucky, I love work. I've always said that if you love work, leisure can be a bit of a... Uh, uh, it's overrated. If you love your job, I reckon leisure's overrated. Hey, how are you? And that, by the way, is uh, Con Damaris's uh, wife, the, the wife of the owner that I was just speaking to. So, guys and girls, I wanna thank you for joining in, constantly trying to you know, change uh, locations, change what we're doing on video. Um, do me a favor, if you've thought the content on anything we spoke about was good, please share it, press that um, um, share button, tag someone. But also letting you know I'm in Brisbane tomorrow for two conferences. Tuesday, I head to Bali for a conference. Um, So uh, real estate gym members, we've got some great content going into the gym this week. Look forward to uh, connecting with you there and uh, talk to you next week. Signing off. Can I get you to sign Thanks for tuning in, guys and girls. You can join me on Facebook for the live Sunday night rant every week at 8.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time and if you're in real estate just google tom panos and you'll find a heap of resources and interviews where million dollar agents share their strategies see you next week let's have a look at the facts watch your goal for